0: Hello and welcome to the Upon Further Review podcast brought to you by Field Street Baptist Church. On this podcast, your host, Cody Kitchen, sits across the table from Pastor John Hall as he reviews his Sunday sermon from the week before. Welcome to Upon Further Review podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kitchen, and joined with me is my friend, my pastor, Dr. John Hall.
1: Good afternoon.
0: We are continuing our series in Luke, going verse by verse, and we are finally in chapter 10 of Luke, specifically in verse 1 through 16, and the title of the message on Sunday was How to Reach a City. So John, as you prepared this message, what are some things that came to mind?
1: Two things. Number one, how grateful I was to finally be out of chapter 9. Amen. <laughs> chapter 9 was very long, it was very good, and the content was substantive, of course, but I was glad to be out of chapter 9, to move into chapter 10. And then secondly, uh, really, in all seriousness, it was the focus of the Lord's request for workers. When he Amen. called upon the disciples, the 72 that he was going to send out, Specifically, he said to them, pray for workers to go into the field. You don't see that coming. I mean, we know that story. We know this text fairly well, pretty familiar with it. But when you really consider, you don't expect him to instruct his followers to pray for that. It seems right. to me he would say, pray for the receptivity of those to whom you're going to share the message with. But that's not at all what he does, and well, I, I, I thought... That struck me as being very interesting and instructive for us. That's good.
0: And I will say to our listeners before we get into our main content that you better strap up your your chin strap and get ready because it is a lot this, uh, this episode and I'm trying to, into a short episode, trying to put a lot. So get ready. Um, and to kind of dive in to start, I think it's always, I'm always amazed how God perfectly aligns things, um, and how this weekend, if you, if you don't know, was uh, our D-NOW weekend for our students, and I think Sunday's message perfectly aligned, um, not just for the students, but in general, that we need to be sent out, and so as, you know, the students went through this weekend, and then their last message kind of Sunday morning was, now, you're sent out. In your message, you had five key components that as Christians, we need to be mindful as we engage where we are sent. Uh, We probably won't hit on every single one in full detail, but we'll at least hit them all and kind of ask questions about the ones that we can. And the first one was be prayerful. The second was be wise. The third was be urgent. The fourth was be gracious and deserving. And the fifth was be realistic. And so to talk about the first component, which was that you talked about was be prayerful. You said on Sunday in your message that to reach a city, you should always start with prayer. At first glance, it seems obvious. You're like, right. well, of course, why wouldn't you? But I think it's a good reminder because how many times have we all in our lives done something without the Lord's guidance and strength? And so as much as it seems like, well, duh, start with prayer, it's a good reminder because not all we don't always start with prayer correct so the fact that it was um you know that component of be prayerful and you tell us that jesus instructs us to pray for workers and laborers for his harvest right then the second component you talked about was be wise how we will face hostility and resistance and we have to face these enemies with love and resistance and as christians in the harvest fields we're guaranteed to face these difficulties and it's important to be wise. And that is why prayer is so important as you stated in your message. So my question kind of bunching those two components together is how can we be wise and practically pray for the harvest field?
1: That's a good question. I'll try to answer that as briefly as I can. I think one of the ways in which we engage the harvest field, say, in our context, Cleburne, Texas, is to have a greater awareness of those around us, to be more alert to our opportunities, and and even to ask God to give us eyes that see. I think part of the reality for every one of us who follow Christ, but we have a heart for wanting to share Jesus with our circles of relationships, is we're just distracted. We're all distracted with the demands and the tyranny of the urgent and in life and if you have a family and you have a career and you're pursuing an education or whatever, whatever demands pile on you that you see coming and those that you get blindsided by, those have a a way of knocking us off of our game and we get distracted and we lose sight and track of what really we're supposed to be doing, which is the Lord's bidding, and part of that right. bidding is to take the message of the gospel into the community in, in which we live. And and I, what has been helpful for me, and I would never presume that it would be helpful for everyone. Yet for me, I've evolved into thinking of my life as a a garden. I mentioned this, I think, Sunday. Maybe it was at our PBJ group yep. gathering, but. I'm starting to look at my ministry here in Cleburne, which now is going on 19 years, more like a gardener working a garden. Mm-hmm. And I think there is an appropriate place for what is affectionately called hit-and-run evangelism, yeah. you know, cold-call evangelism. There's a, certainly a place for that, and some are really gifted and skilled at it. Right. I am not. I'm more of an acquired taste with people. It takes me time over a period of encounters and growing relationships and friendships where I see that as you know, p- working the soil, planting the seed, watering the soil, watering the seeds, plucking the weeds out, uh, basically working those relationships in a way, moving all the conversations ultimately to matters of eternity. So that's been very helpful for me as an analogy, and I think that's a practical way we can look at, at our lives and the relationships that make up our lives, and we try to work those fields in such a way to, to move everything towards what are you going to do with this person of Jesus Christ because it matters how you respond to him. and So that, that's been helpful to me. I, you may have a different way of thinking, and that's fine. I don't have a corner of mar- of the market on the analogy, but this particular metaphor really works for me
0: yeah i think that's a i love that metaphor and i think it plays well into even you know the seeds that we plant in sharing the gospel and what that looks like and i think that can be done in different ways and in, in our lives and how we interact with people and i think it also depends on the relationship we have with different people mm-hmm. um how we share the gospel you yes. know as it will be taken and um, and we discussed that a little more in depth in our PBJ group of what that could look like and, um, for specific groups. So that, I think that's a great answer. And um, it kind of goes on to our, this third component that you talked about, which to me, this is, this is a component that I could literally talk about all day, um, because I think it's so important, is, is that third component was be urgent. Yes. And your point in that was we cannot wait until tomorrow. Because eternity is at stake. You said, quote, the lost will never be justified before God without faith in Christ, end quote. And our, our mission field is all around us. And that's something that you stated. And I'm not going to stay on this long, but it's so important that we understand that we're not promised tomorrow. And so it's important that we're urgent. And to kind of go along with that, the fourth component was be gracious and deserving. Your main point was simply that as we move from house to house, accept what they offer and be gracious that they offered you anything. And today, I think our culture is a little different in the sense of hospitality, but the point is still the same. Really, it's, you know, we have something that they might not have being Christ. So we need to be gracious in all their efforts, and by doing so, we gain trust with them. So my question is, how can we make sure in our urgency to preach the gospel that we continue to be gracious and deserving?
1: I appreciate the question and the summation leading to the question. I think part of it is going to be dependent upon... um, where our starting point is. And I think a good starting point is remembering that people matter to God. Hmm. I heard a gentleman say years ago that you will never lock eyes with anyone who does not matter to God. And that has been helpful to me to remember that the mechanic who services my car, the plumber who works on my leak at my home, uh, the server at the restaurant, yeah. everyone I, like, I lock eyes with matters to God. And if you want to put your best foot forward and being a, a winsome and careful and thoughtful, polite ambassador and minister of reconciliation on behalf of Christ, then I think it's in your best interest and theirs to be kind. I've never met anyone who doesn't appreciate just basic kindness, (laughs) basic respect. And is that always well-received? Not 100%, but I've, I've I've seen over the years in my own life how much I appreciate when someone has shown me kindness and didn't have any reason to, as well as those who've shown me kindness for something I was doing for them or receiving from them. I think kindness just goes a long way in the world, exactly. and the kindest person who ever lived was Jesus Christ, and I think there's some real wisdom in looking at his example and how he engaged people, even people who were hostile toward him. There was a fundamental kindness, uh, and sometimes he he was quite blunt and frank <laughs> in dealing with some of the religious people who should have known better, so he, he no. was corrective of them and frank with them. and never in an ungodly way, of course, or an unrighteous way, but I think you look at at the life of Christ and you look at those individuals who probably have been most fruitful in in their missionary enterprise, whether it's locally or or internationally or you name the place, there is a common denominator of of sheer kindness and remembering that everyone matters to God and one way we bridge the gap between between ourselves and others is just to show basic kindness. It's right. so simple. I, I mean, I wish it was more profound than that. And probably if I thought about it for several days, I could come up with something that was far more complex and repeatable. But for me, it's just being kind to people.
0: It's good. And I mean, not much to add on to it other than by being kind, we show the love of Christ. And it's that simple. And in that, people see that there's something different because if we were rude and mean and then try to share the gospel with somebody, it would probably not go too well.
1: No, it doesn't compute. It's, right. it's counterproductive to ultimately what, what we want to do, which is you know, share Christ with them. And so if, if the message is not going to be received because we've been jerks hmm. and we've treated someone poorly and say, hey, by the way, how can I pray for you? It's a total disconnect for that person on the wow. receiving end. When ultimately our intent is to show them kindness and grace and and gratitude even in hopes that we can move those conversations of, of life towards matters of eternity.
0: That's good. And one thing that I loved about your message on Sunday was how you, your fifth component, how you ended with being realistic. And you, I think at so many times we read urgency and there is urgency. We need to hear the gospel. But at the same time, we have to be realistic. In, and that's what your point was making, that not everyone will be accepting to what we say and what we're preaching. And I think sometimes we get this false facade as Christians that, you know, because we have Christ and because we're going to be urgent, everyone's going to accept what we say. And so I appreciated what you, what you said, um, that people are going to choose, choose judgment over God's peace. Um, They're not rejecting us, but who we're talking about. And I think that's so important to remember because as humans, we talked about this, I think last week on the podcast, kind of the same thing is as humans, we don't want to be rejected. We want to be accepted. We want to have those things. So um, you say that in the case, Jesus instructed the disciples in verse 11 to simply wipe off the dust and continue on. I know for me that and this is just personal, it's hard to just shake it off and get back in the game, you know, to, to say the least, and to not let it affect me. So my question is, how can we be realistic as we are sharing the gospel and not let the quote-unquote rejection affect our witness? That's such
1: a great question, and the answer is a tough one because you're exactly right. If you experience rejection enough times consecutively, you're a little more shy about putting yourself out there. (laughs) And so I think it's helpful to remember that we are not responsible for the results of our efforts, but we are responsible for our efforts. Mm. I'm not responsible for the result of someone hearing a sermon that I preach, but I am responsible for being well-prepared, present the message as clearly and as lovingly as I know how, depending on God's spirit and his (laughs) grace for help in in preaching a message. But I I have had to let go, and it was not easy, especially in my early days of being a preacher. I had to let go of totally concerning myself with why did did I not see any visible, tangible, measurable result. I really put myself into that. Message. I I killed myself through the week uh, preparing and getting it in my mind and heart and put it out there. And it seemed to me that nothing happened. And the Lord really had to work in my thinking and in my heart to bring me to a place where He, you know, it's like He almost slapped me upside the head and said, John, your responsibility is to be ready to go, to tell, and to do your part to work the garden. But you have to let me worry about, and take care of the results. That's good. Um, and so I think all of us as followers of Christ, we, we do what we are asked to do. And, and Jesus says, go. He says, tell. He Make disciples. Get out there and, and tend to the soil where I have placed you, and I'll take care of the fruit of that. And so God really is the one who brings the growth. And this is clear in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. He says, well, one waters and one plants mm. and another has the benefit of seeing the harvest. Yeah. I don't know what my work is in the economy of God. So I may just be the one who busts up the clods in the soil and then another person plants and another person waters and then someone else comes along and, and has the joy of bringing everything, uh, being used of God to bring everything to harvest. So good. Uh, for me... I just I've had to learn to be realistic. I do what I'm called to do, what I've been asked and commanded to do, under the uh, lordship of Christ, and trust Him as best as I can with the results. Is that easy? No. <laughs> we all like we all love results, and we all want instant results and a positive reception to our efforts to share Christ with some. We want them to, you know, bow their knee to Jesus right there. And we, ha- and, and we would like the opportunity and privilege to observe that,
0: that that just doesn't always happen. That's good. And if I may add on, you know, I think part of being realistic too is, and this is in your answer, is we just have to let go of it being about us. Yes. Because I think that's one of the hardest things. You know, it sounds backwards, but sharing the gospel is it's not about us. And I think when we make rejection and we get hurt about that rejection we make it about us yes. because our feelings you know quote unquote get hurt and so i think it's so good and such a good reminder to know that it's never about us <laughs> never has been when we come into the love and grace of god our missions to go Correct. and so being realistic is so important and also remembering that being realistic is knowing it's not about you
1: right and then we you know we talked about sunday night in our pbj group you know when do you know It's time for me to move on. Hmm. There's no science or formula to apply to that question. I think God in his mercy to us gives us a sense of, okay, you've done all you can do here. And you move on. But there are some relationships that are a part of our lives that will be a part of our lives until we're gone from this earth. And so I don't know that we necessarily want to engage in burning down bridges so that they're irreparable. I think we always want to um, at least keep the door of opportunity open, but in other cases, you know, it's clear you gotta move on realistically. There's others that need to be told and they need to have the opportunity to respond uh, to the gospel. And I just think over time, God gives us a bit of a a sixth sense, so to speak. His spirit will guide us in that uh, without trying to sound overly spiritual. (laughs) Um, I really am confident God if we ask, I, I believe He'll guide us in those matters as well.
0: That's good. Good conversation. I love it. I hate to say that we're going to start wrapping up, but I, I really do think that was really good conversation and beneficial. And so as we close, John, what are some final thoughts?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to this coming Sunday in particular because <laughs> we're going to actually be considering a text of Scripture. And the title of the message is The Joy of Results. Mm and the 72 come back and they give this report to Christ and they're just ecstatic about the results they had. Um, and I hope people will make every effort to be present on Sunday as we look at that text. Absolutely. So it really meshes well with what we're talking about here and then, you know, it segues perfectly into, you know, we are kind of a results-oriented society. I like right. results, I mean, I, I work I like to see the fruit of my labor. And Absolutely. there's an, an instance with the 72 that were sent out. They came back and gave a report to Jesus, and they were just beside themselves <laughs> with joy and seeing the results of their labors. And then Jesus, as he is so capable of doing, he brings it back to an eternal and kingdom focus. And I'll just leave it at that. Maybe that'll be a little <laughs> bit of a, uh, not a cliffhanger per se, but teaser, a teaser for uh, making sure you're, uh, you have access to the message on, on Sunday, and that text is a great text as we consider the joy of results.
0: That's good, and we're going to move right along, as we always do. We didn't do it last week, but we're back at it this week to our That Stupid segment.
1: Oh, I have a good one for that, and I hope people, probably people can relate. So yesterday, I left the office and I was heading uh, to class. I teach a class on Monday nights at Dallas Baptist University, so I sw- I pulled into our, our Chick Fil A drive-through, and of course it's crowded, and it's just you know nobody likes waiting in the drive-through, and so what frustrates me because you know it's very popular at Chick Fil A to have two lines and they they merge into one after you get to the order board. Well, it I noticed that it was taking me more time to get through the process because the people in front of me were on their cell phones instead of paying attention to the car in front of them. And when the car in front of them moved up a space of two cars, here they were with their head buried in their cell phone, delaying my ability to get through the drive-through process at Chick-fil-A. And I thought to myself, I need to ask Cody about that. Cody, what do you think about that?
0: I think that's stupid.
1: That's stupid.
0: Well, I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I hope you have a great week, and we would love and appreciate your positive feedback. Also, we ask if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with someone who you think could benefit from it. Thanks for joining us, and to end this session, remember, make Christ known by what you say and how you live. See y'all next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all for listening be sure to subscribe to Upon Further Review so you never miss an episode. If you have any questions, please be sure to reach out to us at info at Thanks for tuning in.